Hey team and welcome back to another episode of Toe the Line. We are recording or you are listening to (laughs) episode 9 today which is super exciting and crazy. Yes I threw crazy in there because um, I said last week that I would continue to so we're just going to roll with it. What a weekend of sport. It was very rugby heavy, um, so we are going to be talking a lot about the Rugby World Cup semi-finals. We've got a little bit about the w, the first weekend of the WXD tournament, which I talked a little bit about earlier, uh, I think it was last episode. And then we've got some headlines from around the world, and then we're going to do the Rugby World Cup finals preview. So... Yeah, very rugby heavy. We are nearly kind of at the end of the Rugby World Cup coverage that I've been doing on this podcast since I released it, which is super exciting. And then, like I said, at the uh, end of last week's episode, I will be going, leaning more into the interview style podcasts kind of style episodes and having more guests on. You guys have been sending through your guest requests, which is super exciting. And I really can't wait to bring you those guests. So, yeah. Really exciting, a lot to look forward to, got a few things in the pipeline, a few things kind of happening behind the scenes which is super exciting, but like always guys, we're going to start off this episode, kick start it with the question of the week, now I kind of had like a two part question of the week this week, the first part of the question of the week was what were your thoughts on the All Blacks and Argentina game? I have my thoughts and I've got all my notes here that I'll talk you guys through, but I will be talking about that. And then the second part of the question was, what do the All Blacks need to do in order to win against South Africa in the Rugby World Cup final? So that was kind of the two-part question, so we will just get straight into talking about that. First response I got was, the game was great but dull, just shows how ripped off Gullidraw Island were as last week's game was way more finals quality. I think we'll play the Saffirs next week but part of me would love to smash the English in the final, South Africa will be hard. So yes, as we know we are facing South Africa in the final, the All Blacks and, the All Blacks are, sorry, facing Sorry, let me start again. I was very confused by what I just said. The All Blacks are facing South Africa in the Rugby World Cup final. I don't know if you guys remember, uh, but I said, I think it might have been first episode when I asked you guys the question of the week, which was, who do you think is going to win the Rugby World Cup? I didn't give my predictions. I said that I really, really, really wanted to see a New Zealand and South Africa final. And however many weeks later, we're here, the final is this weekend, and we're getting a New Zealand and South South Africa final. In my opinion... And I'm sure people will have their different opinions, which is so fine. But in my opinion, the New Zealand and South Africa rivalry is my favourite by far. I love when these two teams come together in any game, let alone a Rugby World Cup final. Like, I don't think you understand how excited I am for this final. I think, yeah, I don't even know how to put into words how excited I am for this final. I think... It's going to be an intense game, and we're going to get into it, but South Africa didn't play that well against England. They still won, which we'll get into, but they didn't play that well against England. I think they're going to come into this weekend probably the best form they've been in all tournament, which is super scary as like an all-black supporter, but... um. Yeah, I just am so excited for the All Blacks and South Africa final. Moving on to the next one. This is a long one, so bear with me. This is... 
So question of the week just to remind you guys was what did you think of the All Blacks in Argentina game and what do New Zealand need to do in order to beat South Africa in the final? We have, as a staunch All Blacks quarter, I thought the game was a little scrappy from the ABs, although the scoreline was impressive. There were a lot of fundamental mistakes. Fortunately, it was against Argentina. Had it been one of the more powerful teams, they would have punished us. Us. I think South Africa's I think South Africa is going to be too strong for England in the second semi-final game. To beat the box in the final, New Zealand has to work on connecting those little fundamental errors. But thankfully all other areas of the game is on point. All New Zealand has to do is iron out a few kinks to win the World Cup. I'm picking twenty seven ABs and seventeen South Africa as in final score being twenty seven seventeen to the All Blacks. Super interesting take this one. I think um I think it will be an interest. I think there are a few more kinks needed to be ironed out by the All Blacks side. I think, I don't know, any time in recent history when we've faced the Springboks or when the All Blacks have faced the Springboks, our discipline goes out the window. Bar that rugby championship game where we won against South Africa. Was it rugby championship? Yeah, it was. But then, so that was kind of the only one where we kind of. I guess felt like we were more on top of them and our discipline wasn't an issue because we were controlling the game. Then you fast forward to that warm-up game before the Rugby World Cup at Twickenham and our discipline went out the window. I think we conceded like 13 or 14 penalties and they killed us for it. Like we got smashed and so that is the only thing that I'm concerned about and I said this a couple of episodes ago but... In the games where we have been under pressure and we haven't been able to dominate maybe as much as we would like as a team, our discipline has gone out the window and we have really struggled to gain control and we've been kicking it away. We do stupid little things like kicking the ball away when we shouldn't do and yeah, it's just, it's a little bit of a concern for me. Do I think we can win against South Africa? Sure. Do I think South Africa can beat us? 100%. But like there's, I think it's just going to be like going into a very level playing field I think even in that post-match interview with um Jacques Nainba who's the uh South Africa head coach he was already coming at it from an underdog perspective which concerns me slightly because um we're not South Africa ever playing the underdogs I think they have I think they always knew I think any team would want to bet themselves to make it into the final but I just think with South Africa this was their game plan all along. Obviously, everyone wants to make it to the final, but I think they have got a plan and they're going to execute it. And I just think it will be really interesting to see kind of who comes out on top in this coming weekend final. Um, Moving on, I have one more answer and it is... So this is about the Argentina and all that's going. They missed Pablo Matera, who marshalling his troops on defence and attack. Definitely missed his ball-carrying dust. Yeah, so Pablo Matera is... um was the Argentinian player who wasn't able to play due to injury. I think he was ruled out maybe a couple of weeks ago. And, um, yeah, he wasn't able to play. But, yeah, that's it for question of the week. Um, I had some really great conversations with you guys in the DMs as well, and I always love doing that. So thank you for that. Right, let's move on to reviewing the Rugby World Cup semi-finals games. We will start off with the All Blacks in Argentina game. Um, the Argies had a great opening phase. Nawanga grabbed a loose ball. Uh, then it was a wild kick that ended in an Argentina line-out, and that was early on. So like we'd seen a number of times for the All Blacks in their opening kind of minutes of the game, it was a little bit messy and kind of not 
connected, if that makes any sense. Um, then penalty got that penalty got an ar- sorry, <laughs> penalty. Argentina got a penalty in the third minute after Lomax tackled a player off the ball. I want to touch on that for a second because not just in the Argentina and All Blacks game, but also in the South Africa and England game, I saw a lot of players being tackled off the ball, which confused me because again, it just comes down to refereeing style, I think, and um maybe Ben O'Keefe or the sideline or touch judges or whatever weren't picking up on it but I thought in my opinion I saw a lot of tackling off the ball in that South Africa and England game um the first three points were to Argentina and then 10 minutes in that all like scored first off a line out and they sent it out wide to Jordan who scored Will Jordan in my opinion is one of the form players for the all blacks this rugby world cup I think he's been on fire I think um his speed and agility and his kind of just style and flair of play that he has I think has been really impressive and he's definitely been like a player of the tournament this tournament um second try for the All Blacks about six minutes later through Geordie Barrett which really started back near uh near their try line with a turnover Rico Yoni had a good run Aaron Smith had a good run too some good carries by DeGroote and Jordan to get it to Geordie Barrett who got it over this was a great team try I thought the um the silkiness, I guess you could say, of how they played was really impressive. And, um, yeah, I just think the way that they were able to put that play together was really nice to see. Moving on, Noanga missed that conversion and the score just before halfway in the first 40 was 12-3. The scrum was 30 minutes in and it was an Argentina scrum. Penalty goal by Noanga was about 3 minutes to go in the first half and Shannon Frizzell got the third try right on half time after Talia did what he does best and slipped through about a million tackles. <laughs> I could not get through that without laughing because me and my little note taking. But yeah, Mark Talia... I think we're really seeing the best of him um, near the end of this tournament. Like I said, in the rugby championship, I didn't think he was outstanding at the start of this tournament. I didn't think he was outstanding, but I think we've seen him come into his own in the kind of end half or end quarter-ish of this tournament, which is really cool to see. Um, the, my first half my first half thoughts, sorry, some mistakes by both sides. All Black's kicking game was interesting to say the least. Just some through the kicks really by a number of the boys. Um... The kicking game is an issue for me because if we're versing a team like Argentina, Argentina aren't a bad team. But are we leaps and bounds ahead of them in terms of strength and quality side? I do think so. And that's not to say anything bad against Argentina. That's just what I think. If we're making those mistakes and we're starting off a little bit scrappy and we're kicking the ball away and doing stupid kicks against a team like Argentina, what's going to happen in the South Africa game is the only thing I'm concerned about at the moment because like that person said in one of the questions, there were some kinks that needed to be ironed out, there were some stupid mistakes that were made and it just concerns me a little bit that we're near the end of this tournament, like we've got one game left and it's the grand final and those things aren't ironed out if that makes any sense like it is a little bit concerning for me but anyway moving on also some interesting calls by the ref a little bit one-sided I think a number of people thought that the take 
in the air by Jordan should have been a card on the Argentina number 8. Uh, 1 minute 30 into the second 40 and Aaron Smith scored the first try off the back of a scrum. Shannon Frizzell scored the sec- his second try of the night about 8 minutes in and Cody Taylor subbed off and Sanisanu sat- oh my god, let me start that again and Sanisoni Takiaho came on. This all happened in the first 10 minutes of the second 40. <laughs> it was a crazy 10 minutes of the second 40, way better than the 10 minutes of the first 40. Um, Will Jordan got his second try of the night just after halfway in the second half, his second of the game, uh, his second of the game, sorry. The Pumas game started to fall apart a little bit at this point, a bit messy, a couple of calls that I thought should have been made but weren't. Um, yeah, nothing, I think, I think coming back into that second half, they had a good first 10 or so minutes, and then the wheels kind of just started, like, falling off a little bit in the last 30, which was quite sad to see. With eight minutes to go, Will Jordan chipped it over the top and collected it himself to get a hat-trick in the semi-final, which I'm pretty confident in saying is pretty unheard of in a World Cup semi-final. Like, we've just got to take a moment to kind of acknowledge and give Will Jordan his flowers. He scored a hat-trick. Uh, in the semi-final, which I do think is pretty unheard of. I think um, a little stick came up on the bottom of the screen. It was only like a couple of other players that had done it. And yeah, I mean, you don't, I would, I'd be pretty confident in saying you wouldn't see that too often in semi-finals. Nwanga um, missed about three, maybe four conversions, which I thought was interesting. He had a bit of a shocker of a night. Um, you know, you're leaving about like 10 or so points out there with those misconversions and you just can't do that against a team like South Africa in this coming game, uh, coming game this weekend, sorry. I think, um, yeah, it's it will be interesting to see what happens. Anyway, final score was 44-6 and it was boring last 20 or 30 minutes, I'd say. Like I was, yeah, a little bit bored. I was just kind of scrolling on my phone on and off and... Um, yeah, and also, I didn't write this down, but the All Blacks finished with 14 then because uh, Scott Barrett got sent off on a yellow card and they just decided to not bring him back on for like the last eight or so minutes because, I mean, they were so far ahead, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Makes me laugh a little bit, but um, yeah, that is that on that. Moving on to the second semi-final, which was South Africa versus England. There was an early penalty for England in the first two minutes and Farrell got the first three points on the board. First scrum five minutes in and it was South Africa's it was South Africa feeding it, sorry. It was pretty steady. Nani LeBlanc sent it high and England took it down cleanly. South Africa had a line out five metres out from their own line and it wasn't straight so England got a scrum. England gained another three points by Farrell after South Africa got penalised right in front of the uprights. My initial thoughts on this game were England were turning it on defensively. I thought they were playing really well and every player just knew their role and were executing it well. England... We're going to get into this. We're going to get into this. But I always jump ahead. England, if the game had ended at 65 minutes, England would have won. Because they had been controlling that game for those 65 minutes. They were dominant in my opinion. They were winning things like the kicking game. And yeah, it was just really, really good. Anyway, moving on. Uh, South Africa had a line out five metres out from the try line. It wasn't good and England actually forced a penalty. But then there was a bit of uh, push and shove uh, and South Africa was awarded a penalty. Line out was better but England forced another penalty and this time got a scrum. South Africa got their first three on the board after Owen Farrell had a bit of a back check to the ref and they were awarded a penalty. England got the next three about 23 minutes in with another penalty goal by Farrell. 
Andre Pollard was brought on from Lani LeBlanc and he got another three on the board for South Africa with about five minutes to go in the first 40. Farrell got another three with about one minute to go and the halftime score was 12-6 to England. Um, my first half thoughts on the South Africa and England game were that lots of kicking, cagey intense. I thought England were controlling the game more than South Africa, but I thought South Africa had more physicality in them. It was a bit scrappy from South Africa. It wasn't the normal South Africa we're so used to seeing with them. I think they looked a bit disconnected at times in the game, and I just, yeah, like I said, didn't think it was the usual South Africa that we're so used to seeing. Um, South Africa made a number of changes within the first five minutes of the second 40. Obviously tactical, but I don't understand what the point is in having them play another five minutes then bring the bench on. Um, Yeah. I, it was a bit confusing to me. Obvi- like obviously, like I said, it was tactical. You can't deny that. But yeah, it's just a bit odd in my opinion. Um, I don't understand the tactic. Like, let I'm not a rugby player, so and I'm not a rugby coach, so I don't have to understand it. I just have to watch it and commentate on it. So that's fine. <laughs> um, drop goal by Farrell in the 53rd minute. Side note: the Water Boys and the uh, and the medics coming onto the field when they aren't actually any injuries is the most annoying thing about the game at the moment. It's very obviously tactical, and I know there were a couple of water boys for South Africa who were in the coaching team which in my opinion shouldn't be allowed um yeah that actually Ben O'Keefe had a talk to the two captains for England and South Africa and he was he actually ended up saying I'll penalize you guys if you're bringing the water boys on and medics on all the time when there aren't actual injuries so I thought that was a good call from Ben O'Keefe but yeah, it was really slowing the game down. Although I did think the game, in my opinion, was a better watch than the All Blacks and Argentina game, especially in those last 30 minutes. But yeah, anyway, moving on. <laughs> South Africa got the first and only try of the night just outside the last 10 of the game. And it was R.G. Snyden who got it down. Uh, final, sorry, Andre, Andre, let me start again. Andre Pollard converted and the score was at 15-13 to England. Final score was 15-16 to South Africa. Unreal last 15 minutes of the game and I was gutted for England. That final score, one point in it, again, like the South Africa and France game in the quarterfinals, one point in it, one point in it again with the South Africa and England game. Makes me think that's, that, that makes me think, sorry, that there's only going to be one point in it in this grand final with South Africa and New Zealand. Absolutely gutted for England because they they were so dominant, like I said, in the first 65 minutes of that game. I thought they were playing really well. I thought they were doing really well to kind of be a pest at line-out time. And um, I thought they were doing really well at the scrum as well. I thought also that... Um, England just looked more connected. Like I said, it looked like kind of every player knew what their role was and they were executing it perfectly, which made for like a really nice, well-oiled machine. And South Africa just looked discombobulated. They didn't look, they just didn't look like they were connected at all. But those last 15 minutes were just crazy. Um, for 65 minutes, England played, played play, let me start again. I get too excited sometimes and I just spit out the words um for 65 minutes England played perfect rugby it was clinical and they made South Africa look average the last 15 minutes from South Africa though holy crap that's the South Africa that teams fear because when they're on they're on and there's no stopping them yeah the bench the bench players that came on for South Africa I think really won that game players like RG Snyden I think were outstanding um 
a couple of their forwards that came on off the bench I thought were just incredible obviously Andre Pollard's two kicks were like fantastic as well so yeah that's that on that and England and Argentina will now play off for third and fourth and South Africa and New Zealand will play off for first and second in the Rugby World Cup 2023 which is super exciting. Um, staying with rugby and moving on to the WXD first weekend of WXD1 which was held in Wellington. Friday night England and Australia played off against each other. England won 42-7. Saturday we had Canada and Wales. Canada won 42-22 and then also on Saturday New Zealand and France played and it was a win to France 18-17. One point in it. Um I didn't watch the game, but from what I saw in the highlights that I watched, it looked a little bit scrappy from the Blackfins, which is interesting because um, earlier in the year when they were overseas in like Canada and stuff, I thought they looked really put together. I thought the game down in Hamilton was really good against the Wallaroos uh, for that second O'Reilly Cup test match. I thought they played really well. It didn't look scrappy at all, so not too sure what happened in that one, um, but you know, People have their off days, so it's fine. But um, yeah, it's super disappointing that Blackfern's lost that one. But uh, it is what it is. And they go on to the next, which is next weekend. They've got uh, New Zealand play Wales next weekend. So that hopefully should be a better game for them. Um, they are in Dunedin at 4th Class Bar Stadium. And on Friday, it's England and Canada. Saturday afternoon, it's New Zealand and Wales. And on Saturday night, it's France and Australia, which will be really... Um, I think France and Australia should be a good game uh, to watch. But anyway, moving on, we are going to kind of start rounding out this episode with the headlines from around the world. First headline from around the world, sticking with the Rugby World Cup for just a little bit. Um, this headline is Rugby World Cup, ex-England number 8 Lawrence Delaglio claims Kiwi referee Ben O'Keefe won South Africa the game. English hearts were broken by South Africa in the semi-finals of the World Cup as Lawrence Delaglio the former number eight accused referee Ben O'Keefe of handling the Springboks victory with a late penalty decision. Steve Borthwick's side led the reigning world championship. Uh, led the reign. Sorry, let me start again. Steve Borthwick's side led the reigning world champions and number one ranked side for 78 minutes at the start of France until replacement Andre Pollard, the Leicester fly half, kicked a marginal-looking scrum penalty to seal South Africa's win on Sunday. After a mammoth physical effort, England were 15-6 in front for a large portion of the second half, with all points courtesy of Owen Farrell, including one extraordinary 48-meter drop goal, a try from Rupert. Sorry, a try from replacement R.G. Snyman gave South Africa hope before Collard's long-range heroics resulted in a second successive final next Saturday against the All Blacks in the same stadium. The match swung on the Stonebox superior front row replacements with, with the two weighty props earning four second-half scrum penalties against the counterparts, Alice Genge and Kyle Snickler, indeed. Sorry. That made no sense. Moving on. Indeed, Pollard's match winner came from the collapsed scrum just inside the English half with O'Keefe opting to penalise. O'Keefe is going to be the talking point as he's won them the game, not South Africa, said Delaglia and British broadcaster ITB about the referee's display a week after the New Zealander was accused of not being up to the challenge by French captain Antoine Dupont. Steve Borthwick, the England head coach, 
cannot be drawn on the Kiwi's performance, adding, now is not the time to be talking about things like scrum penalties. It's the time for overall reflections. I'm not going to do a full analysis of the game now. That's for later in the week. Gorthwick hailed England showing, but admitted his side fell a little bit short. The whole team's performance was strong, said the head coach. We came here with a plan to win the game and we fell a little bit short. Not far, just a little bit. We desperately disappointed that the players should be immensely proud of what they've done. And yeah, I agree with the head coach there. I think uh, England should be so proud of the effort that they put into this rugby, not just the semi-final, but the rugby world cup in general. I think people had written them. I I think people had written England off pre-rugby world cup before any of the opening games had even started and if you had asked people if they thought they were going to be in the semi-finals they probably would have said no so to make it that far and to be playing the game of rugby like they were I think was really really impressive and they played so well in that semi-final so yes they'll be hurting but I really think they should be so proud of that. Moving on to the next headline uh just we're moving into the cricket world cup England on the brink of Cricket World Cup exit after South Africa hammering. South Africa demolished England by 229 runs in the Cricket World Cup on Saturday to leave the the leaguered defending champions facing an early exit from the tournament after their latest humiliation. England fell to their third Sorry, England fell to their third loss in four matches so far, having previously been beaten by New Zealand and embarrassingly, and embarrassingly Afghanistan. The pro the Proties bounced back from their own surprising loss to the Netherlands on Tuesday to to post 399 to seven after being put into the bat in stifling conditions in Mumbai. Heinrich Klaassen, 109, smashed a 61-goal century, and Marco Jansen made an unbeaten 75 of 42 goals. England plunged to 38-4 after 8.1 overs in their reply and were eventually dismissed by 170 in only 22 overs. Uh, Klaassen and Jansen toyed with England's pace and spin to put on 151 as the Proteus notched up the second-highest total in the tournament. They also scored 428 to five, the highest against Sri Lanka in Delhi after conceding their highest total in ODIs. England were dismissed with 28 overs to spare in their heaviest defeat by runs in ODIs. So, yeah, that's that. I don't really watch too much cricket, but I thought that was quite interesting. Moving on to golf now, Lydia Ko one shot back at BMW Ladies Championship in South Korea. Lydia Ko is with a great shot of retaining her crown at the BMW Ladies Championship. The New Zealand golfing superstar shot a third round 69 in South Korea to be one stroke behind the leaders heading into Sunday's final round. Ko felt Co followed up rounds of 67 and 69 with another three under effort at the Seongwon Valley Country Club on Saturday after starting the day three shots behind the lead. Before the world number one, who has struggled for form this year, bogeyed the second hole to slip to seven under for the tournament, but made birdies on the fourth and sixth to keep in touch with the leaders. She also birdied the path... Uh, par 13-14th and recorded her fourth and final birdie of the day on the penultimate hole. Australia's Minji Lee and South Africa's Ashley Buhai shared the lead after three rounds at 12 under 204, while Alison Lee of the United States shared third spot with Ko. Um, so hopefully she can retain her title. That would be super exciting. Moving on to some basketball, Breakers push Utah Jazz hard pr- after horror start and NBA preseason lost. Uh, the New Zealand Breakers thought back from the horror first quarter to push the Utah Jazz all the way in a spirited 114-94 loss in their second NBA preseason game in Salt Lake City. After being pumped 106 166 by the Portland Trailblazers in Oregon last week, coach Nodi Nayor, who 
would have hoped this, his knee might push the Jazz a touch closer at the Delta Centre. Uh, and a shocking opening spell aside, which they lost by a huge 20-point margin, they did just that, largely holding their own against NBA opposition. They now head to Australia to face Northern United in the NBL on Sunday. Uh, so that was yesterday afternoon, which uh, I don't know the score for that. But anyway, we will continue on. Erin, uh, this is tennis now. I really am excited about this. But New Zealander Erin Rutliff is set to make tennis history. Uh, tennis ace Erin Rutliff is set to become the first New Zealander to compete in the WTA finals after she and Canadian partner Gigri, uh, Gigriella Degraski qualified after winning their second title together over the weekend. It kicks off a memorable week for the 28-year-old Rutliff who previously represented Canada as she has as she also reached a career-high ranking of number 13 in doubles. The WTA Finals is the most significant competition on the women's tennis circuit outside the four Grand Slam tournaments. It has a prize purse of more than US 9 million, New Zealand 15.2 million. The pair only started playing together in August and had their first tournament win at the US Open a month later. They followed that success by winning out the Zangu Open WTA 500 event in China on Sunday, beating Japan Shuko, Aona and Aina Shigara, 6-2, 6 in the final. After that triumph, Rutliff spoke of how the strong communication between her and Degraski on and off the court has enabled their partnership to flourish, uh, which is super cool. And I really love seeing Kiwis do well in tennis because I feel like it's quite a heavy European sport. So to have um, New Zealanders doing really well in tennis just like excites me so much. Uh, moving on to the last headline, and we're going to Formula 1. Uh, so, many, so much speculation, yet scant security around future full-time Formula 1 seat for Liam Lawson. Uh, Liam Lawson is a quick learner. His phenomenal rookie Formula 1 stint when replacing the wounded Daniel Ricciardo at Alpha Tauri is proof of that. But it's not just on the track where the emerging star is gaining experience. Lawson's name has been one of the hot topics of the F1 silly season driver market chaos and the growing calls for the young key prodigy to be on the grid full-time next year. But the 21-year-old is fast becoming an expert as swift as, at squashing away F1 rumours. Lawson returns to his role as reserve F1 driver for the Red Bull program in 2024 and in this weekend's United States Grand Prix as, Ric- as Ricardo returns from the broken hand. There is always speculation in Formula 1. There is always room there, so I can definitely say that there is a lot of that going on at the moment, Lawson said. Nothing is confirmed for the future, he said. All I have locked in is that I'm going to be the reserve next year. Uh, that's all we have on paper. Despite the lack of guarantees, a long-term F1 career for Lawson is far more likely than not. Some overseas media reports had suggested Lawson has been promised an F1 seat with Red Bull's junior team Alpha Tauri in 2025. Other, le- other outlets sorry, have been tipping Lawson to partner Max to step in at Red Bull at the completion of next year's season or even before and then there were and then there was the suggestion he could be loaned to Williams 2024. Lawson writes that those two suggestions off as pure conjecture and he has already stipulated his commitment to Red Bull on the Williams idea. Following his final drive in Qatar, Christian Horner, principal of Red Bull Racing, said the race certainly won't be Lawson's last in F1. Which is obviously exciting and I think, yeah, like I said, I just love when Kiwis do well in sports that aren't really like heavy New Zealand based sports. I think, you know, like tennis and F1 and stuff like that. I just think it's really exciting when Kiwis do well in that. It just makes me happy and it's just exciting to see that, um, it's just exciting to see that 
people can do really well when it's not like a sport that's based in New Zealand, if that makes sense. Um, moving on to the last kind of thing for today, we are going to be previewing the Rugby World Cup finals. Um, obviously, like I said, the bronze final match is Argentina and England, and that is on Saturday, New Zealand time at 8 o'clock. And then the gold final match, the grand final, is on Sunday, 8 o'clock New Zealand time, and it's New Zealand and South Africa. Um, quickly on the bronze final again with Argentina and England, I think England will win that one. Uh, I just think the way they played against South Africa, I think they're playing, I think they're peaking at the right time, sorry, and I just really do think that they can get that win over in Argentina. I think what we saw from Argentina probably wasn't the best from them against New Zealand on um, Saturday, but I do think England will win that one. The grand final, New Zealand and South Africa, I really can't pick it. Obviously, I would love New Zealand to win. I want to see the Kiwi boys, the boys in black, all blacks win. I think it's anyone's game this weekend. I think it's anyone's final to win. I think both teams are peaking. I think they're I think they're at the top of their performance right now and I just think it will be really interesting to see. If I had to pick one if I had to pick one, if someone was holding a gun to my head and said you have to pick one right now and I hate to say this, I hate to say this so much, but I would probably pick South Africa to win um only because I think I think South Africa are going to I th- oh, I don't know I don't know <laughs> I think South Africa have a higher chance of winning for a number of reasons I think the depth on their bench um is pretty good don't get me wrong New Zealand have a great depth on the bench bench I think I think, though, if South Africa get to play the game that they want to play on in the final, I think their bench suits that style of play, which means they'll have, you know, you get it, they'll have fresh legs, all that sort of stuff. Um, like I said, obviously I want New Zealand to win, but I just, I don't know, I just think that, I don't know, there's just, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I just really think that, Oh, I yeah, I don't know, guys. I really just think that South Africa might win, which makes me a little bit sad. But um, nothing's happened yet. We don't know until it's over. The game is eighty minutes long. You never know what can happen. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. I really, I feel like New Zealanders are gonna hate me when I say that. Obviously, obviously, I want the All Blacks to win. That is without a doubt. I just think if South Africa are able to play the game that they want to play, they're able to. And it was. It also depends on who's riffing, in my opinion. I think um, if it's Wayne Barnes, then I think New Zealand might have a better chance at winning because they. I think they're able to play their own game better under Wayne Barnes but if it's any other referee I think New Zealand I think South Africa will have a better chance of winning don't hate me for saying that I just think that's how it's going to go I think the tactics that South Africa play I think the things that they get away with I think um and this is not to say that South Africa are a a bad team for doing this or a kind of um a cheating for doing this I just think they know what they can get away with they have um they've figured out what they can get away with they're playing within the rules they're doing all the things they're not getting told off for it so why wouldn't they do it and it's working for them and they win when they do it so yeah that's just what I think and um 
Yeah. In saying that, though, if New Zealand are able to play their own game and they played like they played against Ireland and um, they uh, they don't kick the ball away and they have their discipline all tidied up, then, yeah, it could be anyone's game. But we shall see. Um, that is it for episode 9 of Toe the Line. Massive weekend of sport, and we've got one more massive weekend of the Rugby World Cup to come. I'm super excited. Um, definitely nervous, but it's only Monday, so I'm sure the nerds will grow. Um, but yeah, you guys are amazing. I love the support you guys give me. I love chatting with you guys in the DMs and in the comments. And yeah, you there's just so many exciting things coming, and I really can't wait because I think you guys will love it. And um, yeah I'm just super excited but thank you so much for listening this week guys thank you for being here um yeah like I said one more week of rugby world cup coverage to go and then it will be on to better uh, bigger and better things but yeah thanks for being here I hope you have a great rest of the week remember to be kind to yourself be kind to others look after yourself and I will see you back here next week have a great week guys bye